don't know if you could hear me singing with them there, but I've sung with some of the greatest groups around. <laughs> Amen. All right, it's good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Amen. And uh, I hope you feel good in your soul this morning if you're saved. Amen. And uh, if you're not saved, I pray you'll listen to the gospel and respond to it in a positive way and get saved. And then you'll have the joy of the Lord in your soul. Yeah, go ahead. Good. Yeah. Right. Right. Amen. 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 Yes. Amen. Amen. We asked folks Wednesday night if they'd pray 15 minutes. Uh, just 15 minutes. They'd take 15 minutes, 5 morning, 5 lunch, 5 in the evening, all 15 at one time. Just pray for the services and for each other. And I said, if you do that, you'll see a difference. Uh, not only in the service, but you'll see a difference uh, in your own life. And uh, so uh, we need to keep that up. And uh, I said, we might even have to get to the point where we do that and maybe... Uh, skip dinner or supper and uh, do a little extra. Uh, God likes it when you do extra stuff. Especially when you're doing it not to get a car or a house, but you're doing it because you want more of God. And uh, the Lord honors that stuff. And uh, so I do appreciate all those that uh, that uh, did that, and, uh, and I'm sure the Lord will bless you for doing that. Amen. Amen. All right, anybody else got anything today before we go into the service? Uh, all right, we're going to turn this morning to the book of Isaiah, chapter 8 this morning of the book of Isaiah. And it seems like the Lord has had me here in the book of Isaiah for a few weeks. And it's a tough book, I'm telling you it is. It's hard to find much on Isaiah. Uh, it jumps around, but there ain't much on it going chapter to chapter. first few chapters are very timely. And as you know, if you was here, when we preached on uh, chapter 1 through chapter 6, uh, they're very timely, but after that it gets kind of tough. So I'm just uh, doing, trying to do what the Lord wants me to do. And uh, there's a lot of stuff in here that uh, I don't think anybody fully understands. Uh, but uh, God's got something in there for us, I guess. And So if you'll turn to uh, Isaiah 8, I think I told you Isaiah 8 <clears throat> this morning. Isaiah the 8th chapter. Isaiah had a pretty tough ministry. And uh, uh, they say that when he got done, they put him in a hollow log and sawed him in two. Amen. It's pretty tough. But he was faithful minister of the Lord, prophet of God. All right. Isaiah 8 and verses 1 through verse 4. The Bible said, Moreover, the Lord said unto me, Take thee a great roll. And write in it with a man's pen concerning Mailer Shala Hasbaz. That's the longest name in the Bible. If you don't learn anything else, anybody ask you what's the longest name in the Bible? You know that now. And I went unto the prophetess, and she conceived and bare a son. And then said the Lord to me, Call his name Mailer Shala Hasbaz. For before the child shall have knowledge to cry, My father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria shall be taken away before the king 
of Assyria. Now drop down to verse 17. And I will wait upon the Lord and that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. Behold, I have the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel, for the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. Thank you. you. May be seated. Our Father, we do come to you this morning. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you, Lord, for every book of the Bible, those that we understand real good and those that we, uh, Lord, can't hardly scratch the surface of the understanding in them. Whether we understand it or not, it's still true. And we believe the Word of God. We believe the Bible that we have is God's Word. Father, we ask you today, Lord, to meet with us today. I pray you'd honor those that slipped away and took a little time to pray. Uh, Lord, every day, 15 minutes. Uh, Lord, it's not much, but I believe God will bless every feeble effort that's made from a sincere heart. And Lord, I pray this morning as you scan this crowd today, I pray, Lord, you know every need. The Bible said you know what we need before we ask. So, Lord, you know what they need, and I pray you'll get it to them today. God, give me liberty today and grace, and I thank you for letting me be able to be back, Lord, in the pulpit to preach the Word of God this morning. But, Lord, I pray it won't be me preaching. I pray it will be you preaching. And, Lord, I pray that as I humble myself, Lord, and submit myself to God, as a living sacrifice, I pray you'll accept it and use it today. In Jesus' name, we do ask it all. Amen and amen. As we look here in the Word of God this morning, Isaiah 7 and Isaiah 8, they have to do with some present situations. I don't mean going on right now, but present situations that were going on then. And what it was, it was an evil confederacy, a conspiracy, if you will, that was going on. Well, on second thought, we may have some of that going on today. I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories, but I think there is a lot of genuine, honest conspiracies that's going on today in the world. And I would take too much of my preaching time to try to name you all the different conspiracies that uh, are going on today uh, in the world. I would suggest that you get uh, Dr. Grady's book, and, uh, and read it on uh, what if God wrought and how uh, Satan got God to destroy America or something like that. And uh, you'll read about a lot of that stuff in there. So it's a present time situation then and it's a present time situation now. And not only that, but we see that prophetic son's name, um, Mailer Shala Haspaz. And his name, it means, that name means swift to plunder, and quick to carry away. And it has to do with the announcement of what God is about to do to Assyria and Samaria. And that's why He done it. Back in Bible days, uh, when they named their children in Bible days, they didn't name them after rock stars or movie stars. They didn't uh, name them after uh, people like that. But God would tell them what to name their child, and they would name that child according to, uh, to what was going to be going on. God would use the name of that child to let them know what was going to be going on. So He told them to name this boy this name, which means to be carried away swiftly to plunder. And He was saying this is what God is about to do. Uh, names in the Bible are very important. Of course, everything in the Bible is important. But 
names in the Bible mean something. When people had a child, they would name that child a certain thing that had a meaning to it. And uh, my first recollection of knowing this and learning this, I uh, was watching a Bible teacher one day, and he was teaching about uh, in there about Methuselah. And uh, of course, Methuselah in Genesis five, Methuselah is the he, he lived the longest of any man uh, uh, that ever lived and then died. He lived nine hundred and sixty nine years. And this Bible teacher said that his name meant. Uh, after he's dead, uh, it shall be sent. And uh, what he's talking about is after Methuselah died, that God would send the flood. Now, it speaks to us of the love, the grace, the long-suffering of our God, uh, that He let this man live longer than any other man uh, uh, before he died, because God knew when he died, uh, uh, the flood was coming. This shows us the long-suffering of God. This shows us the patience of God. Uh, uh, this shows us that God is not willing that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. Uh, God does not want one person to go to hell. Uh, uh, God does not want anybody to not be saved. Uh, no, He's a loving God that so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's you, that's me. Uh, uh, that God loved you enough that God gave His Son. Amen. Uh, and so we see there, I remember Brother Ziegler, uh, my friend in heaven this morning, but I remember Brother Ziegler used to tell about the old Indian that went to the courthouse and he said, I want to get my name changed. Uh, and the old Indian said, and the judge said, uh, why do you want to get your name changed? He said, well, he said, it's too long. He said, what is your name? And he said, a long, shrill train whistle. And he said, I want to get it changed because it's too long. And he said, what do you want to get it changed to? And he said, toots. And uh, I like that. And I like the other one he said. And you've heard it about the boy that, the family that had a kid and they didn't know what to name it, so they named it Odd. And said that the boy hated his name. He hated his name and he always said, If I die, do not put that on my tombstone. Do not put Odd on my tombstone. So when he died, they erected a tombstone there and buried him. And it had the day he was born, the day he died, but no name on there. And he said the day after the funeral, some people were walking through the cemetery and they saw that and there was a date there, a date he'd born, a date he'd died, but no name. And they looked at it and said, that's odd. So really, you can't get away from your name. Amen. And so I'm thinking about even my own name. You know, my mother and father named me Ricky and that means a powerful leader. Yeah, I laughed too when I found out what it meant. They really wanted to name me Rocky. That would have fit my life better probably. Amen. But names meant something in the Bible. I think somebody ought to have a set of twins uh, uh, right now and they ought to call one of them Rapture and the other Tribulation because I think that's about what's fixing to happen. Amen. And uh, so we look there in the Word of God and we see here that God said that we read there in verse 18. He said, uh, behold, I mean uh, Isaiah. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel. Now, 
in chapter 7 and verse 14, the Bible said, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give a sign. And so I want to preach this morning, I want to preach this morning on signs of God uh, uh, and His people. And we're going to look at three of them this morning in the Word of God. Now the first sign we're going to look at this morning is right there in Isaiah 7 verse 14. The Bible said, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Well, you see these Jewish people, uh, they had it in their nature that they always wanted a sign. I think we got some Gentiles got a little Jew in them. Because they're always wanting a sign. Amen. But God said to hear about Israel, I guess it was in their nature, and you remember back in uh, Exodus 4, how the Bible said the Lord had done call Moses through the burning bush, said, Moses, I want you to go down there and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And uh, Moses, he answered him after that and said, Behold, they will not believe me, will there, neither will they hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And uh, so he said, They won't hear me. Uh, Lord, I'll go down there, but they won't believe me. I guess every preacher said that, thought that. And the Lord said unto him, What is in thy hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thy hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand. Now let me stop right there and say this. He throwed that rod down, and the Bible said that rod became a serpent. And Moses did the same thing that any of us would do. He turned and ran the other way. But we know that God told him, said, no, you turn around and you pick it up by the tail. And so he turned around, picked it up by the tail. There's the first snake handler in the Bible. Amen. And, but here's the thing. You see, that serpent's the type of the devil. And we can't never defeat the devil if we're running away from him like Moses was. But the Bible said stop and submit yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll run away from you. Amen. And so you can put the devil on the run just like he can put you on the run if you'll submit yourself to God and resist him. The trouble is in our kind of a day that most people put up no resistance to the devil. Uh, they just give in to him and walk away and say the devil made me do it and uh, just give him the credit. Amen. But then the Bible said, uh, God said, Do this, verse 5, that they may believe that the Lord God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. And the Lord said, Furthermore unto him, Put now thy hand into thy bosom. He put his hand into his bosom. When he took it out, uh, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he said, Put thy hand into thy bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again. He plucked it out of his bosom. Behold, it was turned again as other flesh. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe thee, neither hearken unto the voice of the first sign, then thou wilt believe the voice of the latter sign. And so God said, I'm giving this to the Jews. I'm giving this to Moses. I'm giving this to them for a sign because Israel wants a sign. Amen. And that's that's the whole thing that knocks, knocks these tongue talkers in the head. 
It's because the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it said, Therefore tongues are a sign not to them that believe, but to the unbeliever. Amen. And so we see here that Israel, they were the kind of people that they always wanted a sign. Now here's what God says, you and me don't need a sign because we got the Word of God. Amen. Uh, we've got the Bible. We don't need a sign. We need Scripture and we need to read it and believe what Scripture says. Amen. Uh, we don't need some psychic. We don't need some uh, somebody that's had a dream uh, uh, to tell us all about what's going on. No, sir. That's why God gave us that Bible. And uh, all that you need to know is in that Bible. You may not know every detail, but you can know what's coming, who's coming. Uh, uh, you may not know everything's going to happen, uh, but if you'll read that Bible, it'll let you know enough that you will be able to have a little bit of knowing what's going on without somebody giving you a sign. Amen. Some people are so bad about this sign thing. Amen. So bad about it. Well, the nativity of this thing, you know what a nativity is? That's the process or circumstances of one being born. That's what we call it at Christmas time when we uh, put them little animals out there and that little baby out there and that little manger out there and the liberal crowd and the atheists go crazy and uh, they start lawsuits and everything because you got a plastic doll laying out in the yard and a plastic lamb and a plastic cow and uh, they just go crazy. Amen. That's what we call a nativity scene. Uh, well, the process of this thing happening there in your Schofield Bible at the top, it said that he prophesied that this thing was going to happen 742 years before it ever happened. Amen. Uh, uh, now I'm telling you, for somebody to say that 742 years from now uh, uh, there's going to be a baby born uh, at a place and name the place, uh, uh, I'm telling you that's that's pretty powerful, amen. Uh, uh, you wouldn't need you wouldn't need nobody to give you a sign uh, if a man prophesied and said 742 years from now it's going to be a baby born uh, and it's going to be born in a place called. Bethlehem, Micah 5, uh, O thou Bethlehem, thou, though thou be little among the thousands, yet out of thee shall he come forth, uh, that is to be a ruler unto me. Uh, I mean, wouldn't you think it pretty profound? Uh, uh, if I'm 66 years old, uh, wouldn't you think it pretty profound? Uh, if uh, 200 years ago somebody in my family said there's going to be a baby born uh, on May the 14th uh, out at T.J. Sampson Hospital, uh, there's going to be a baby born. It's going to be a boy and his name's going to be Ricky. I mean, wow. Amen. Uh, uh, but listen, uh, uh, that didn't happen. Uh, uh, we, uh, the closest we can get is to go get an ultrasound and we know it's going to be a boy or a girl now. Uh, we can do that now, I think. I never have seen nothing in any of them things. I, I've had people show them to me, but I don't get nothing out of them. I, uh, Dr. B.R. Lakin said, uh, uh, somebody asked him, said, where was you born at? Uh, he said, I was born in a hospital. Uh, I wasn't born in a hospital, he said. Uh, I wasn't born in a hospital. I was born at home uh, because I wanted to be close to my mother. Amen. So there is the nativity of this thing, the pronouncement of it, and then his parents. You see, the Bible says 
that his parents would be the Holy Ghost and a virgin. The Bible said there in Isaiah 7, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And said the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. Amen. And when you read, when you read about the pronouncement of the birth of Jesus, Gabriel, the angel showed up and he told Mary, he said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the high shall overshadow thee, and therefore also that holy thing which shall be born to thee shall be called the Son of God. Amen. I mean, uh, you wouldn't need a sign if uh, if Gabriel showed up down at your house uh, and he said, "Hey, uh, uh, the Holy Ghost is going to move upon you, and even though you've never known a man, you're going to have a child." Uh, and uh, and he said uh, all about that. Said his name's going to be great. Uh, and then the angel said, "Call his name a certain thing." Uh, I mean, you wouldn't need a sign about that, Amen. Uh, even though the Lord give them one because they required one. I put a star in the sky. You know the, all about that story, how the wise men came to where he was. And he said his name will be called Emmanuel here. And then the Bible said Matthew one twenty one, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Well, you remember I said in the Bible names mean something? They mean something in the Bible. Emmanuel means God with us. Amen. I'm glad that when this baby was born uh, that we had God with us. Uh, I'm glad that after this baby lived 33 years, died on an old rural crooked cross, uh, I'm glad God is still with us. Amen. Uh, I'm glad. Boy, I wouldn't want to go far in this whole world if I didn't know that God was with us. Amen. If you're saved, God is with you today. Uh, if you're saved, He come into you he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God is with you this morning. Amen. I, they said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall forgive his people of their sins. The Bible said in, in uh, Philippians 2, in verse 5, it said, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of a man, found in the fashion of a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God has highly exalted him, given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, everything in heaven, everything in earth, everything under the earth, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. I'm glad, thank God, this morning you may never make Him Lord of your life, but God's done made Him Lord. And whether you ever do or not, He is Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord this morning. Amen. I say thank God this morning. Then I think about His nature, talk about the sign of it. Here you got a baby born. Prophesied He's going to be born. Where He's going to be born. 742 years before he's born. And then you got his name given back in Isaiah. And then we read here in Isaiah, we read there in verse 15 of chapter 7 of his nature. His nature. The Bible said, Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. 
You see, this baby is not like any other baby that's ever been born. The Bible said that he would, he would know the good. Amen. It said, butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. So here's a baby that's born that wasn't like your baby. Now I know that you think your baby is a little angel. And I know that you think your baby can't do no wrong. But the Bible said your baby and my baby, the Bible said they come forth from the womb speaking lies. What's wrong with them? Bad nature. Amen. You say, well, a baby can't even speak. Oh, no, but they can cry. And you've all, mamas, all mamas and daddies have heard that shrill of a cry and you thought something had got in the crib, something was killing your baby and you run in there real fast, just thought you'd find it dead uh, and you got in there and looked in the crib and it looked up and said, goo, goo, ga, ga. What was it doing? It was lying to get you in there. That's what it was doing. You don't have to teach your children how to lie, you got to try to teach them how not to lie. Amen. You say why? Because of their nature. They got a bad nature. They got a Adamic nature. Amen. So the first six, seven years of a child's life, you're trying to teach them what they, you know, don't need to do. Don't lie. Uh, don't steal. Don't cuss. You know. Don't do all these things. You're trying to teach them why? Because they got that nature in them. Uh, but nobody ever had to teach Jesus Christ not to lie. Uh, nobody ever had to teach Jesus Christ not to steal. You say why? Because he came forth. He didn't have the Adamic nature. Uh, he was birthed of the Father. He did not have Adam's nature. Amen. Uh, and he was the dream of every mother. And every father to have a child like that. Amen. So, we see here, I call it the conception sign. Or the receiving sign. Or the birth of Jesus sign. I mean, if a Jews wanted a sign, and they did and they do, they should have accepted that sign of the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, and that ought to have been enough. Uh, uh, knowing, knowing the, the Torah, uh, knowing the law, the way they knew the law, they could have read and seen that this baby fulfilled everything that had been prophesied of him 700 years ago. But you know what? He came, uh, and they didn't receive him. It's God's son. They said he's Joseph's child. Amen. So there's that conception sign. Look in Matthew 12. I'm talking about the signs of a God and His people. Matthew 12, the Bible said, Certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered Him, Jews, Master, we would see a sign from Thee, since we've only had about a thousand. We'd see a sign from Thee. You know, I meet a lot of people that are not saved today. The reason they're not saved, they're waiting for some kind of sign. Amen. They say, well, preacher, I'll know when my time comes. Well, your time has is, is already come and probably passed, and maybe God will have mercy on you and give you another chance. But listen, 
People are waiting for a sign. When this happens or that happens, then I'll know I need to get saved. I, listen, Christ died on an old rugged cross for your sins and my sins. I, I, they don't nothing else need to happen I, I, because He's already died to pay for your sins and mine. And you don't need a sign. Amen. you got a Savior. The Bible said, we'd see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, underline it, and an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. Did you see what Jesus Christ said? Jesus Christ said, people that look for a sign that has a Bible, that's an evil an adulterous generation, he said. Uh, if you got a Bible, you don't need a sign. You got scripture, amen. Uh, you got scripture. So he said, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. He says, Oh, there'll be one more sign. Only going to be one more sign, and that's all the signs y'all are getting, he says. And he said, The sign is as the prophet Jonah. Amen. This generation living when Jesus was born was given two great signs the sign of his birth and the sign of Jonah. And they still didn't believe. Amen. They still did not believe that. And I know people, they'll say, I'd get saved. I'd get saved if this happened. I'd get saved if that happened. I don't believe you'd get saved because that's what that rich man in hell said. He said, send someone from the dead. Uh, if someone from the dead goes to them, they'll hear him and they'll believe him. Uh, but Jesus said, Jesus said, uh, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, uh, neither will they believe though one rose from the dead. Uh, well, let me tell you something. One did rise from the dead uh, and they didn't believe him. Amen. Uh, so, it's a sign of Jonah. Now, don't, don't get this mixed up. See, Jonah was not a sign of Jesus when it come to character. Oh no, he didn't mean all of Jonah. You see, the character of Jonah was Jonah 1 and 3, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. The character of Jonah was the character of most of us uh, because of that Adamic nature. Uh, we run from the will of God. We run from what God wants us to do, uh, especially if it's something we don't really want to do anyway. We try to run from it. The character of Jonah was to run from the will of God. Uh, that's the character of a whole lot of people this morning uh, is to run from the will of God. Uh, but the character of Jesus was unlike that. Hebrews 10 and 7 then said, I lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will. You see, Jonah was not like the Lord in character because he did not want to do the will of God. But Jesus 
He came to this world to do nothing but the will of God. Amen. Remember what he said there in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, not my will, but thine be done. He wasn't like him in character. He wasn't like him in conduct. You see, when God, Jonah went down there, and uh, he preached a lot better after he went to the Yale University. You've heard of Yale University? Well, Jonah went to Whale University. And he learned a lot down there. And I'll tell you that God will learn you some things uh, uh, when you get in Whale University. Amen. Uh, and Jonah come out. And Jonah, he didn't say, I don't want to go. The Bible said Jonah hit the ground running. And the Bible said he went three days journey in one. That's picking them up and putting them down. Amen. Uh, he was quick to get where God wanted him to go. And I want to tell you that when God puts me or you in Whale University, you'll be quick when you get out of there uh, to go where God wants you to go. He got down there and he, the Bible said he preached the preaching the Lord beat him. Forty days, none of us going to be destroyed. Somebody said it's a short message. Well, that's all we heard of it. That might have just been point one. Forty days and none of us destroyed, but the whole city repented. From the king all the way down to the peasant, everybody repented. They got right with God. It was the mightiest revival that ever has been before or after. They all got right with God. You'd think, I mean, this morning, if when I got done preaching, everybody in this building got right with God. And everybody in this building that wasn't saved got saved. And everybody that wasn't doing God's will said, Preach, I won't do God's will today. I'm telling you, I'd be one happy preacher. I'm telling you, I'd have myself a spell for about a week. Amen. But Jonah had greater than that to happen. And you know what Jonah did? Jonah got mad at God. And pouted. Jonah said, God, that's why I didn't want to go. I knew if I went down there and preached and they repented, I knew that you would forgive them, God. See, that ain't Jesus. See, Jonah was angry because God forgive a whole place there. God forgive everybody. Didn't destroy it. Jonah's angry about it. But Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus went out and looked at a city that was going to be destroyed in 70 A.D. And the Bible said He went out and He wept over that city. You see, Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus wasn't angry when God saves people. That's what He died for. That's what He arose for. That's what He's listening on the throne for is He wants people to be saved. Amen. Your husband may not be happy if you get saved. Your wife may not be happy if you get saved. Your friends may not be happy. Your children may not be happy. But listen, if you get saved today, Jesus will be happy. Amen. You see, there was a conduct. The only way, the only way, the only way that Jonah was like Jesus was in his coming forth. 
That's what Jesus said. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man. Three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. Now you tell me how you get a Friday crucifixion out of it. I mean, maybe you're smarter than me, but I, I can't get it. I can't figure it out. Amen? Friday, Saturday, don't add up. I know it messes up tradition. I know it tires up Good Friday. Hey, you can still have fish. You don't have to change the menu. I know it messes up them, them uh, sunrise services and ham breakfasts. You can still have them, they just ain't scriptural, amen. Uh, uh, not according to what the Bible said. But that Bible said, Jesus said, I'm going to give you one more sign. He said, like Jonah was in that whale's belly three days, he said, they're going to kill me. I'm going to be in the heart of the earth three days. Uh, and then up from the ground he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. Uh, I'm telling you, Jesus, uh, uh, he said, there's your life sign. He didn't believe it. Look in Luke 21. Luke 21, 29. And the Bible said, this is Jesus, and He spake unto them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own self that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Now look at Matthew 24, and the Bible said, Jesus said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto Him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of Thy coming? And of the end of the world. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I'm Christ, shall deceive many. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famine and pests and earthquakes in the buyer's places. And all these are the beginning of sorrow. I'm talking about a God, the signs of a God and His people. There was a conception sign, the birth of Jesus. There was the resurrection sign, the rising of Jesus from the dead. And lastly, there was the nation sign of the returning of Jesus. Luke gives us a little more than the others do. Luke adds another word there, and he said, Behold the fig tree, that's Israel. He said, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. That means Israel, but not just the nation of Israel. That means all the nations. All the nations. The Lord gives them a sign when all this happens that Jesus is soon to come. Amen. We know that a lot of this scripture is tribulation scripture. But if 
we believe the Bible, we know that the rapture has to take place before the tribulation. You have the rapture, which is when Jesus comes for His people. You have the tribulation when God judges Israel, judges His people, time of Jacob's trouble. And then you have the revelation, the return of Jesus with His church that returns back at the battle of Armageddon. Uh, so if all this stuff, He said, when you start seeing it, you're close to the tribulation, that means we're even closer to the rapture and the coming of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You see, Israel would misread and ignore their signs. They would mess them. Most people are like somebody driving down a superhighway or driving through town. The signs are there, but you pay them little attention. You maybe not even read them what the speed limit is. You may not even read it's a stop sign. Uh, you may not even read uh, this, that, or the other. The signs are there, but you ignore them, don't pay no attention to them. Most of the world is right there today. The signs are there. Most of the world ain't got a clue what's about to happen or what's going on. They don't have a clue. You see, he said, there will be some national signs, uh, the nation of Israel, but the, all the nations, there will be some signs uh, when we're nearing the shore, when we're nearing Jesus coming. He gives them to us here. A lot of them. He said they'll be deceivers. Now for years, I've preached and I've read and I've thought that those deceivers only meant preachers. But I've come to realize it's not just false prophets, though they're mentioned in the next verse, but deceivers. He said there'll be a lot of deceivers. The Bible said in the Second Timothy 3, I think it is, 1 Timothy 3, Know this also that in the last days perilous times shall come and men will be lovers of their own self, proud, boasters, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Truth breakers. Backstabbers. You're for the president, now you're against him. You're with the president, but now you're trying to sell a book about him. Amen. Deceivers. Liars. False accusers. I mean, if you want to write a book about your uncle, why wait, why wait 60 years? Amen. I mean, if it's that bad, if he did that bad, why wait 60 years to write a book? I'll tell you why, baby. Dollars? It'll sell now? I won't buy one. You buy one. Let me read it. False accusers, incontinent, fierce, heady, high-minded deceivers. You see, we know this COVID thing's real because we all know friends that have got sick or died. I mean, we're not going to say it ain't real. But don't you believe there's a whole lot of deception going along with it? 
Amen. Don't you believe it's a whole lot more going on than somebody just concerned you're going to get sick? Amen. They, wouldn't, they didn't care when the flu was going around. They didn't care. They didn't do anything when the flu was going around. No, we're going to all have to wait till November to see what's really going on. Amen. Uh, uh, we know it's real. We know we need to be cautious. We know uh, that, it, that it's not just a, 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 just a, a passion thing, but we know that there's also some deception involved and wrapped around with this thing. Amen. Amen. Deceivers. Not just in religious realm. But in the political realm. Amen. Amen. I don't know what we've come to. You've got a guy like uh, Cayenne West running for president. You've got the guy that's leading that ain't even, can't even get out of the basement. He has to be led around. And it ought to throw up a red flag when he says, ever who my vice is needs to be ready to take over the first day. I mean, I went to Temple Hill. I wasn't a scholar. I wasn't a valedictorian. But I can figure that much out. Amen. I can figure that much out. Deceivers, the Bible said. Deceivers. And then he said, you shall hear of wars and rumors of war. In other words, you're going to hear about nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Right now we got Iran hates her guts. China hates her, gu- hates her guts. And we got every right to hate them back <laughs> for this gift they gave us. Amen. I mean, we've got where we're like Israel. You know how all nations hate Israel except us? Now all nations hate the United States except Israel. Amen. And no doubt, no doubt World War III could happen any time. And the main player, according to Revelations, is probably going to be China with its 200 million man army. Man, it'd tickle them to death to get rid of 200,000 people. They got too many anyway, they say. Amen. I mean, there's the most biggest population in the world. The difference between a Christian nation, a Christian nation, and a communist nation is they have no regard for life. But a Christian nation, those that know the Lord, we regard every life, a baby's life, a person's life, every life. Amen. Amen. You say, well, what about that other crowd? I said Christians. Amen. Declaration of wars. Then he said, talk about the nation sign right before the return of Jesus. He said, these are the signs. He said... For this generation, not back then. For this generation, they're done gone. But he said, he said, there'll be famines and pestilence. That's diseases. That's diseases. I would assume, and I, I don't, I'm not a doctor, but I would assume that the longer this world stands, the more viruses and diseases there'll be. I think that'd be a, 
a logical assumption. And uh, we got this thing going on. We never seen nothing like it before. Oh, back in the uh, back in the uh, the, uh, the plagues we had back in the nineteen twenties and thirties, we had you know some similar things. But each time it comes, it gets worse and worse and worse. And uh, they're already saying, you know, we're right now getting ready to head back into the fall, into the flu season. And I'm praying that they're wrong. I'm praying they ain't right, but they're uh, saying it's going to get worse, you know. We don't know. Uh, we don't know. We know the Bible said it wax worse and worse until the time of the end. But we do know that there's more diseases now than there ever has been before. And I realize that's like the COVID test. And the reason we got so many numbers is they're testing more than anybody else. The reason we got so many diseases is because they, they find everything now. I mean, I, I'm not against doctors. And I know you've got to have them. God said that he, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But I'm not running every time I get a little headache. I wasn't before this, and I sure ain't now. And they got so much stuff that if you got anything wrong with you, you'd probably live your full life, never die. But they find it, then they find something else, then they find something else, then they find something else. Next thing you know, you're dead. Anybody listen to me? I got in my office, I got a book up there of an old man that died at 90 years old. When he died, they requested an autopsy on him. He had diabetes. He had heart trouble. He had heart into the arteries. He had some cancer. He had everything wrong. But you know what? He never did go to the doctor. He never did know it. He lived to be 90 years old. Isn't that something? But diseases, diseases. I'm talking about a, a God and His signs. God and His people and signs. I talked about the conception sign. Talked about the resurrection sign. Talked about the national sign. National sign of the nations and all of them. All these signs. But people ignore them. They don't pay no attention to them. The mass majority of the world's lost. They're going to hell. I don't know if you know this name or not. not it's not the president. But Harry R. Truman. You said, who was Harry R. Truman? Well, he was a man that died May the 18th, 1980. And he lived in Washington State. And he ran a lodge there. The lodge he ran there was called St. Mount Helens Lodge. That's an active volcano, largest one in the United States. He'd been living there a long time. And they got some people to come in. They made a movie about him, but you won't be able to watch but about ten minutes of it if you're a real Christian because the language is so bad. You'll have to cut it off. But he lived there. Many years, most of his life, he lived there. And they got to noticing some things. Some rocks falling, a little bit unusual. They got to noticing some things. There'd be some pockets of hot lava come up around places. And they called in a specialist. 
a specialist in this field. And he come in, did some studies, and they flew over it. And every day this thing's belching up suffering, belching up smoke. You say, what was that doing? That Mount St. Helens was given some signs. Something was about to happen. They looked and they said, y'all need to get out of here. This thing's fixing to blow. But old Harry said, I ain't going. He said, I ain't going. He said, I've lived here all my life. That mountain's always did things like that. And I ain't a-going. They couldn't make him go. He stayed there. He ignored all the signs. See, why didn't he leave? He loved that mountain. Why didn't he leave? He, he loved that place. But yet all the signs are there. You know why you don't leave that world you're in and come to Jesus Christ? Because you love it too much. You love it too much. And you ignore the signs that's all over the place about what's fixing to happen. That old man, he said, I ain't leaving. Everybody left. But that old man, but one morning, one morning, that mountain erupted. That hot lava come running down that mountain. It went over the lodge. And there, there, Harry Truman was buried under 150 feet of volcanic dermis. Why? Because he wouldn't listen. He wouldn't watch the signs. He didn't believe the signs. That's what's going to happen to a lot of people that don't believe the signs. What's going on? You're going to go deeper than 150 feet. And it's going to be hotter than hot molten lava will be. And there ain't no, ain't no excuse for it and no reason for it because God has gave a sign of a virgin son being born. God has gave a sign of a man rising from the grave, uh, conquering death, hell, and the grave uh, that died on an old rugged cross so you could be saved. Don't ignore it. Just like that old mountain rumbling. That old mountain shaking everything. That old, that old mountain every now and then a, something fall. That's the way this old world is. This old world is a rumbling. This old world is a shaking. And we're watching everything that can be shaken, shaken. That only those things that can't be shaken might remain. Are you saved this morning? The signs of a God and His people. Father, I thank You this morning to be able to stand and preach another time. Thank You for the...